We can never be satisfied to simply go to church. Family of God, we must be the church. Here at Community Church, our goal for you is to connect with God, with each other, and with your purpose. This is the Community Church Podcast. Welcome back to the Community Church Podcast. I'm Jim Miskevich with Dennis Hartzell and Chris Graham, and we are now moving into the second half of Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians 1 through 3 talked about our standing before God that we were dead in our sins but are now made alive by grace through faith in Christ. And Paul makes a big shift in his thinking here. He doesn't talk about doctrine anymore. He's going to be starting to talk about our relationship with others. So reading through, the big idea that I got out of this, guys, is the church is one body, built by Christ to love and serve one another. I mean, that there's so much jam-packed in here. Um, but the big word that I saw was one, that we are together, built by Christ, and for the purpose of loving and serving one another. Did you guys uh, pull anything out of uh, this passage that you enjoyed? Yeah, I agree. I think the unity in the body of Christ was a, it was a huge overlying theme for this section of 1 through 16. Um, I particularly enjoy the end of it because the body, we need each other in order for it to work properly and to grow, uh, building ourselves up in love. We need each other. And I thought about it in the, uh, in the picture of, you know, even if you're the toe of the body, if you stub your toe, that hurts and it's painful. And we need each other to make sure that we're working properly um, and investing in this together to, to make sure we continue to grow. Yeah, I, I like that, too. I also thought that it uh, tells us uh, what we should be doing as a body. Uh, we should, you know, obviously be uh, gentle with one another, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, uh, work hard at keeping the unity of the Spirit uh, type thing. Each member is given a gift to you, so he not only tells us what to do, but he's also provided for us to be able to do that by each of us using our gift. And you said uh, working, and that uh, it, it can be hard work. For unity, it's not going to come easy. Um, it is uh, a job to be able to do. And what I learned um, also about God is that He wants us to work together as a team. And from what we saw in chapter number one, just like He works um, as a team, there's no one role that is more important uh, than the other. Obviously, in a church, there's the pastor that you see and hear, but there's so many other roles that are essential. Um, if the microphone guys don't have him on, well, the pastor's not nearly um, as effective. Um, Chris, you had a question yeah, that we you went wanted through, to, us to talk about. Yeah, we went through um, you know, verse 15. I'm going to start reading there, and we'll just read through the end of the chapter, just two verses. But it says, rather, than, uh, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I guess one thing that I've noticed in my really 38 years of being in church um, is that it, in my perception, and, and it could be wrong, is that sometimes I'll see 20% of the body doing 80% of the work. 
And so my question to you guys would be is, um, what do you say to people who are reluctant to actively serve in church? Maybe I could ask first, what excuses or reasons, and some may be very sound, but what reasons have you heard for people not serving in the church? And then what is your, um, what's your comment or reply to them? I've heard one. I mean, I've heard several. Uh, but I've heard one more than any other is, I'm just not good at whatever, you know, I'm not good at that. If I've asked them to volunteer for this or volunteer from that. Um, number one, you don't have to be good at something to be helpful. Um, it doesn't, ha everything does not have to be your passion. Sometimes you need to go and set up chairs earlier or go help with kids for one to two weeks because we need your help. Sometimes service does not have to be fun. Um, that's why we call it service. So sometimes um, I would encourage people to step out of their normal routine to something they're not good at and just serve and be helpful even if you're not good at it. Yeah, and to follow up with what Chris said too, um, the body, everybody needs a toe and every body uh, of service needs somebody who runs a microphone and set up chairs and so on. And I've come, I've heard many reasons through the years. I'll just list five real quick and my response to each one of these, if you will, uh, I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. uh, to serve in the church. <laughs> who's uh, not? You know, who's <laughs> not, you know, right? Uh, my answer to that is, th first of all, that, <laughs> that who's not too busy. But to ask, I challenge them to try to find a place that they could serve that would bring uh, joy to them uh, so that it doesn't seem like an additional load to them. Uh, but other people say, I don't have any gifts. Mm. Well, we see in this passage that he's given to each one of us a gift, so that kind of nixes that one. Others might say, I don't know where to serve. And so I try to challenge them to find their gift. And one way of doing that is like, similar to what you said, Jim, where you just say, just do something. Uh, uh, what is the law says a rolling stone is easier to you know give direction to uh, that's what I say to these believers I say just start somewhere and you'll find uh, where you're gifted to serve I think some people say I don't have enough Bible knowledge maybe it's a newer believer uh, that hasn't really been discipled or is just uh, new to the faith and I say hey start working with kids then you know maybe start in the toddler group and and then find out what you're um, what you're good at what age group you might be uh, good for with kids or adults but also in addition to just starting you might want to say this is going to cause me to study harder since I know I'm going to be teaching a group of 12 year old boys instead of saying oh I they know more than I do it should just really give you impetus to to study harder and the last one would be um, it's not my thing Again, you've touched on that. You know, every part of the body is needed. So I just let them know that, hey, the Bible says that we all need one another. I think I've heard uh, probably most of those at one time or another. I think another one I've heard a lot of is, you know, I work so hard during the week that I really just don't want to take on anything additional. Um, so it could be too busy just during the work week, not even necessarily on the Sunday itself. But, um, you know, I kind of get tired of, of the reasons because I agree. I mean, we're all busy, mm -hmm. crying out loud. Um, and if we all don't step up, then we're really, I think, um, taking away from the church experience and taking away from that person's uh, ability to grow as well as maybe somebody else's who could be impacted by that. Uh, at the same time, you know, some as you mentioned, one of the, uh, the replies you got was that some people don't know where to serve. I think I would say the church could do a better job in promoting ministries and ministry opportunities that people could uh, be invested in. 
And I think as we progress along this COVID-19 route and the stay at home and everything, Dan's mentioned in the sermon uh, that was on the 17th, that um, we'd be looking at going to two services. And so we may have additional opportunities arising where we need more people to step up to help, uh, to help others and also to help themselves spiritually. I won't give people an out anymore because if you don't know where to serve, you can come and talk to me <laughs> at any time. And if you don't like me, I'm sure that Dennis will listen to you and Chris. And uh, I, I'll also give them the positive. I don't want to just lecture people and say, you better do this. Right. But it's kind of like uh, exercise. Exercise is obviously very beneficial to your body. Lots of time it can be painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you will feel better after you exercise. The most joy that I've had is probably from serving people and definitely serving in the church. Uh, seeing the uh, s- seeing kids is a big ministry that I have. Seeing kids grow up and seeing that you know every year I can have a little piece of uh, part of their story and see the growth at the end is one of the most fulfilling feelings that you could possibly have. You know, as an employer, one thing that we look at when we have different positions that opened up is I don't necessarily need somebody to come in who is like the best in the field at this specific skill. What I need is somebody to come in who has a servant's heart, somebody to come in who is willing to learn, willing to go through training, to be put in that position for their success as well as our companies. And I can say the same thing here. To me, uh, you guys can both probably look back in your in your time at church, and we could probably all think of people who are more than willing to serve in any capacity, whatever it is, and what a huge blessing that is for us uh, as well as for them. It's definitely a big outreach thing um, to be able to show unbelievers or just people that aren't in our church that a group of people can work together with joy. What a, a great testimony that we can have. I hear from parents every year with the Upward program. It's run well. People smile, people love their children, and that brings the love of Christ to them. So, yes, serving in the community, serving at your kid's school um, are fantastic things. I'm not going to say not to do them, but serving in the church is a great way to promote the gospel. Yeah, let me add to that just the fact that we might have initial thoughts that serving is going to take energy from me. But I have found if you serve in an area that interests you a lot of times you receive energy from it it's just like people you've heard who uh, uh, aren't people persons well then they may not want to be on the front line shaking hands everybody comes in the door uh, especially in this day and age with the virus but but uh, more importantly uh, maybe you want to do a behind the scenes thing and you get energy from serving behind the scenes where other people get energy from being up front so it isn't something the word service sometimes makes us think of it's going to you know draw me down or be burdensome but if you find the right area where god has gifted you i found that it brings you great joy i would say the the people that have been negative towards serving in the church um the ones that i've known if i ask some questions or if i know them the reason why they don't say it it's but but they've been burned by church which is a very sad story and i don't know how to necessarily fix that but it's, it is a sad thing when when individuals who were invested in a church and then somehow church has hurt them, I can understand that feeling. So I don't want people to think that if you're not currently serving, um, that we look down on you or anything. We're, we're encouraging you to, to do that. And kind of going along with that, a question I proposed um, to you guys is, 
why do you love the church? I have several reasons, but maybe the overriding one is found in Ephesians 5.25, which we'll cover in a couple of weeks. But it says that Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. To me, that's huge that Christ gave himself for the church because he loved her so much. So that should be a part of my spiritual growth is that I love the church more and more and more. Uh, secondly, it's a it's like a second family when you have a church uh body or a church family really uh, you care for one another you grieve when when others grieve you rejoice when others rejoice you encourage others you sharpen each other anyway it's a, it's like a second family you complete one another uh, it also is a place to equip uh, believers for service also it's a group of like-minded Christ followers you have the same mission you have you worship the same God and lastly I've seen lives changed in the church and through the church, I think that's God's main um, desire is to see lives change through the ministry of the church. These outside ministries are wonderful, but I think his main desire is to see people's lives change through the church. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, for myself, I've been at this church now for 21 years, but I've been in the, the church in, um, by large by, I don't know, 40 years, 38 years now. But... Uh, I would say I've seen growth in my own life because of the church, and I've also seen I have the ability to uh, invest in other lives and help their growth as well. So it's very cyclical in that nature. I've, I've seen uh, the support that's been there for my family, uh, whether it's through the passing of loved ones um, or hardships, whatever it might be. It's a great accountability group as well because I know people love me and care about me and want to uh, and want to see me succeed in this walk that we're going through. Um, it's just been a, another voice to help my children, to help reinforce things that we're teaching at home now as well. So I think there's lots of, um, I don't want to say benefits, but there's lots of reasons why I love the church um, and lots of reasons that that love spurns me on to serve more. Um. Well, the, my personal story with the church probably started with, uh, especially this church, was probably when I was uh, uh, 12 or 13. I, I came here for the WANA program that met on Wednesday night, but I went to a different church, and uh, we started coming here uh, when I was a teenager, and it felt like home. I had friends here. I had some friends at school, but uh, it, it wasn't quite the same. I wasn't close there. It wasn't bad. I, I didn't mind going to school, but I loved coming here because I had friends here. Um, people that would uh, laugh with me, people that I could uh, uh, connect with, um, but also I, I had some really good uh, friends who would push me to learn about the Bible. So we had time to be able to discuss the Bible, and I, I thought that was an amazing thing that I have friends that I could come learn about the Bible with, and then also to be able to serve. I loved um, serving, still do, with kids. So every time, I wanted to come here as many times as possible as a teenager and as a college student. And I grew up here, and I just, I loved um, coming here. And now um, it is home. I, I, I have so much joy knowing that now my kids are growing up in this um, place where they are loved by people. People know their name. People know who, what they like, what they don't like. We can laugh together about how my son typically does this and how my daughter acts like that. And I know that my kids have a place that's home where they can grow in Christ. So why do I love the church? It, it's home. Mm -hmm. um, 
before we get on to our last one with the application, was there any verse in here? Was there any other um, ideas that you wanted to share before we move on to the application? I'll, I'll just say in verse 16, he says, the whole body is made up of different members, each doing its part to help the body to grow. And I'd just like to uh, make sure we include this thought. The body is made up of broken people. We're all broken people, broken by sin. And for someone listening, they may go, you know what, I'm glad you guys love the church, but I've been burnt by the church. There's a lot of hypocrites in the church. We, we've heard it all. Uh, but yes, we admit that we are broken people. So if your experience has been such that it turns you away from the church that we are talking about, that we love, understand that we understand we're all broken. And let me just say, look to Jesus. Uh, don't look to the church if you see things that are wrong or hard or cause you to be discouraged by the church. Just look to Jesus, uh, study him, study his life. And I think that God may give you a new appreciation for the church, the body that he's put together. Even though it's made up of broken members, he has made it to uh, serve him. Yeah, going off of that, I would say, you know, people who have been either burned out or um, hurt by the church in some way, I think that heart has probably grown a little hard uh, in some lives. So I think there's a lot of head knowledge um, of the Bible and the Scripture and Christ's teachings and, and probably even what we're discussing today. There's a lot of head knowledge. People uh, probably know this, but there's not a lot of heart impact. There's not a lot of penetration into their soul uh, regarding movement in the right direction. And so, yeah, I, I would agree with Dennis. It's looking to Christ, not the church. The church doesn't have all the answers. Um, but looking to Christ and looking to the Holy Spirit to really soften that, that stance, to soften their heart, uh, to help spurn them on to become a more effective part of the body. Well, the last part, the main part besides learning more about God is the application. And most of the time I want application that I will do um, and maybe challenge other people to do. But this one is definitely a challenge to others. And my application for anybody listening is, number one, find your calling. That might take some effort. It might, you know, it might mean going and talking to someone at church and saying, I like doing this. How can I help? Or I have time. Where's the biggest need? Um, but find your calling and then go do it well. Go work hard at it. I love it if you come. I love that if you serve. But also, if you want to put that homework in at home and make your lesson in church that much better, that would be great. Um, but find your calling and do it well. I would just uh, conclude with the idea that we are, uh, again, not uh, perfect but we are all trying to grow in the body of Christ. So that was the challenging thought to me this week is I just want to continue to grow in him. He's, it, you've heard the term, if you've been around churches very much, that we're all under construction. And so that causes me to be more patient with my fellow believers mm -hmm. uh, and to cause me to um, try my very best to just grow regularly in him or Christ. Yeah, I would say um, going off of gyms and, you know, I think we need to be actively seeking where we belong, where we fit within the body. And so it's great to think about and to talk about the body and maybe serving, but if you don't actually take that step, then nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to happen. And so you have some onus in this to actually um, reach out, 
to investigate, to do some research on it, uh, whatever it might be, to, uh, to help the body, to help all of us, really. Well, thanks, guys, uh, for your thoughts about the local church. If you have any questions, please feel free to email us at info at edwardsburg.church. Um, we will be getting back with you um, next week and doing the end of Ephesians 4. But also, if you have any questions, in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about um, parenting, talking about marriage. Maybe you have a question that you would like us to uh, talk about. Feel free to email that, and we'll be more than happy to discuss that on um, our podcast. Um, coming up next, Dennis has another book review. like books that challenge your theological thinking? Do you like to read books that help you to understand what it means to be more like Jesus? Do you like to read books that may help you to influence more people toward Jesus in this post-Christian culture that we find ourselves living in? Well, I have just the book for you today. I will be reviewing the book entitled Sacrilege, written by Hugh Halter. I have never heard of Hugh Halter before, but he is a pastor and missionary to the United States of America. The book Sacrilege is about what it means to be more like Jesus, and who of us doesn't want to do that? The author points out that Jesus was considered sacrilegious by the religious leaders of his day. In short, Jesus was considered to be a radical by many who encountered him. In this book, you will be challenged to put behind you what I call the junk of your religious training. Uh, let's be honest, most Christians don't live like Jesus. Most don't have the influence he had on people, and definitely most, aren't, most people aren't drawn to Christianity by those who claim to be his followers. What was different about Jesus? Well, that is, the common people loved him. His ways flew in the face of those who tried to control the people with their legalism and we'll call religiosity. Hugh helps us to rethink what it truly means to be like Jesus. He exposes some of the wrong thinking that some of us have been taught. He caused me to rethink my views on the church, sin, uh, conversion, and even the scriptures. The real Jesus is the ultimate sacrilegious leader, is a quote from the book. He went against almost every religious norm of the day. I appreciate this refreshing look at the Beatitudes. It was like a grenade exploding some of my preconceived ideas about how to influence the people I come across in my daily life to at least look at the life of Jesus and see if he isn't the one we should be following and not men. The book is filled with humor and interesting life experiences of the author. Uh, the book is an easy read, but you may catch yourself rereading the last paragraph you just finished because it seems so profound. I would give this book a 5 out of 5 on the Deca Dennis scale. I would consider this book to be a tough read, but a necessary read for all serious Jesus followers. Again, it's Sacrilege by Hugh Halter. And I'll close for now and challenge you to keep listening for the trumpet.